Hi, I'm Rich Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com podcast number 88. Today I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, Daryl Manchalenko. Well, Manny, we both just finished watching the uh, the Jets at Columbus, a solid 5-2 victory. Uh, it had its moments, some ups and downs, but a uh, nice way to start off a tough four-game road trip. Uh, winning on the road's not easy. What were your overall impressions with this game? I thought this game was... Uh I mean, there were some clear performances that needed to, that need to be pointed out. To, you know, Blake Wheeler has decided to put this team on his back, and uh, you know the the calendar turned, and and the captain has said, "Let's go, boys!" and and it's been been a Wheeler show for the last uh, two games, and he was uh, very impressive, uh, you know, in terms of the overall game. Um, and uh, so, you know, it, that was followed up by, a, an, a, you know, a great third period uh, by uh, Hellebuck. You know, when the score was 2-2, uh, he came in and basically shut the door. There, You know, so outstanding performance there. And then there's some quiet performances that, that I thought were, you know, very noticeable. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu is fitting in just nicely, and he's playing a very simple, simple game. Um, two helpers for him today, um, and uh, Sammy Niku was very, very good today as well. And it's just, of course, he scored, and it's not because he scored, but just the way he can control the play in his own zone and create space for himself with just a little, a little shimmy and shake here and there. And next thing you know, the defender's uh, gone in a different direction, and he's created some open ice for himself. So. Those are the those are the highlights for me of the of this game. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing about Sammy Nico. Also, it had nothing to do with the fact that he scored the goal, I and mean, that's a nice little cherry on top. But he looked uh, well. He's looking more and more comfortable all, all the time. And I'm just uh, you know, as usual with Paul Maurice, uh, all the good things that happen with this team sometimes are out of necessity, not so much out of uh, decisions by our brain trust. But you guys, guess we got to take. Uh, Take it any way we get it, right? And I agree. With, I, I thought Connor Hellebuck for the whole game looked uh, very poised and dialed in. And the glove hand looked good, and he was very competitive. I guess the, you know, he uh, obviously coming back from the flu, he uh, looks 100%. So, you know, I don't want to dwell on this game too much because we have the, the whole week to talk about. But yeah, this is a, a good character win. You know, you know anytime you, you you win games, winning on the road is is tough at the best of times, but. When you're missing a lot of your top players, and you know, I mean, our fan base, and even you know, you and I, we get critical of certain players and some of the some of the decisions they make. But we have so many guys that are kind of you know they're playing above their pay grade right now. So um, I'm trying to mellow out and not be as critical and as hard on guys when they make mistakes because you see, it's just the way the game was played today. I've like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, the game has changed and it's all about putting pressure on. It's you know it's tough. You know the it's, there's, you, you can't set that little, you know, uh, that little pick for your defense partner, or else it's interference. You're just exposed out there, and it's, it's amazing the plays that these guys do make at uh, at high speeds. But uh, let's, you know, looking at the week that was, let's uh, let's uh, talk about their record right now. They're 39, 22, and four after uh, getting points in two straight games and well, two solid wins. Uh, they kind of let one slip away earlier in the week against Minnesota. I mean that. Worst case scenario, that game should have gone to overtime, and it's a coin flip. Uh, we should have had a point there, but uh, we tend to let a uh, few of those uh, slip away 
<laughs> occasionally. But it's almost uh, like we relax at the wrong time. It seems. Well, the power play goal. You know, minute and a half left in the game. You got to sort of shut that down, and almost you got to get to that point where you're even almost thinking like, "Well, let's get it to overtime. Let's 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 you know let's buckle up that point." But uh, it didn't the happen. The PK is a real problem, isn't it? What's that? It, the PK is a problem, isn't it? it? It's it's a horrific problem, and. I had to laugh the, during the week listening to the guys on the radio talk about it. There was a caller that called in, and he pointed out you know, that in the last four years, the Jets' PK has been in the mid-20s in the pack. And I believe it was Jim Toth was saying, well, what about last year? We were like 11th or 9th or you know, in that range. And the caller made a valid point because I'm listening to the show, and my wife was sitting beside me. And I said to her, yeah, but that's because Helly stood on his head. And the caller said... Yeah, Jim, but that's because how he stood on his head. It's true. I mean, a lot of times special teams are only as good as your goaltender, but uh, Connor Hellebuck, you know, coming off of a Vesna Trophy-nominated nominated season, he was a big part of the PK. Our PK is But they were passive. way more aggressive last year on the PK than they are now. Like, yeah, we're very this passive, year, they're yeah. so soft. Yeah, oh, no, what? We're very, very passive. They like that... Uh, they like to block up that middle, and they got let that shooting gallery mentality. But I just feel sorry for those guys on top that have to block those shots, and that's why I question why Paul Maurice was using Wheeler and Shifley out there. I don't want those guys, especially the way they come out, these to be sitting there being targets. I mean, that's what the Tanevs and <laughs> those guys are for—is uh, the foot soldiers are there to block those shots, but. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and uh, a guy like Lindholm who came in today and who I thought played a pretty solid game and created opportunities on that fourth line that, you know, frankly, it was a one-man show on that fourth line because uh, Roslovic, as far as I'm concerned, was an absolute, uh, it, it was non-existent in that game, you know, and, and if a guy like Lindholm can come in and, and steal a spot and, and when we get healthy... Uh, you know he could be a valuable guy on that PK, and but it all comes back down to this one simple fact: we're not aggressive enough. No, we're very passive, and it's funny because you watch when Kevin Hayes is killing the penalty. I mean, he's bigger, has a longer reach up front there, and he seems to be a little aggressive. And so does Adam Lowry when he kills. I just hate when we're two feet away from the guy instead of just taking that extra step and pressuring him to making a play. We peel off and back in, and I just. It's so frustrating. We get running around in, on the PK, it seems. Eh? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's not the we same. We just old... get out of position, and then we're scrambling. And yeah, I know. It's, just, it's so, it looks bad. Well, it's not It's not our, our grandfather's penalty kill where they played the box and let the guys go around the, the outside. No, they played the two down low, and then they played the eye formation up front, and they don't want that shot coming from the middle. But yet every goal that Nashville scores on us is a PK Subban one-timer from that spot with the guy screening in front of the goal. Uh, yeah. A lot of other teams like to play that umbrella, like play the same type of power play the Jets actually play where you know, the, the play comes off the half wall. But, uh, yeah, the special teams today could have really let us down. Our power play was horrible. The PK was passive. We did manage to get through uh, uh, a couple of them. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting week. Um, once again, um, you know, it's hard to be overly critical, like I said, when you have a bunch of guys paying above their, playing above their pay grade, but uh, I, I just thought, what I liked today was, and I'm not even going to look at the shots on goal, because I was kind of frustrated, uh, like I'm looking at the ticker, and I'm looking, I'm, I'm going like, to me this seems like it's a fairly even game, and I said to myself, if the shots on goal are like 40 to 20 something, 
I wonder what the advanced stats Corsi numbers look like, because I bet you they look really bad on our part. And all I have to say about this is this is one of the flaws in the shot metrics like that, because the Jets had two wonderful shifts where they moved the puck around the outside. They, 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 they never shot the puck at the goal or directed any shots. They had possession in the end for a long time. And on both of those possessions that I'm referencing, they actually both they scored goals on both of them. And it was finally getting the, the puck to the point, and I think it was Bowie was one time, it might have been both of his, where he feathers a shot into the front of the net, Wheeler deflects it. So one shot attempt, one goal, possession numbers don't look great. <laughs> but you know, I almost the, thought I almost thought there was a bit of a homerism going on in that first period. Well you wonder, right? With with the shot clock because we were stuck on like the first ten minutes, like fifteen minutes of that first period, I thought we were the better team and the shots were like 10-3, and I'm thinking, how is that possible, right? And and the, and the tally was going up and up and up for, for Columbus, and we're stuck at three. It's thinking, that's not even possible. Like, there's no way that's accurate. Yeah, well... But, you know, I'm not... That was just the thought going through my mind, so I'm not going to get into a debate about that. But you're right. You know, it is a deceiving stat when you play a style like the Jets do. Well, I mentioned to you... We, we talked about this before... And for uh, us older guys, we'll, we'll remember this. Back with the big red machine, the uh, the Russian Red Army, when they were basically tearing apart teams limb from limb, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, they would be a team that <laughs> they played very un-North American. They never fired a lot of shots at the net. They never had guys going to the net for deflections. I mean, they, they mastered playing on the big ice. They played the perimeter. They tic-tac-toed. They were just magicians at, uh, and skillful at puck possession. And so many goals they would score would be five, six, eight passes inside the zone. There'd be times they'd even take it out of the zone and come back in. And they'd score a goal, be a tap-in empty netter. You know, the game is over, the score is 8-2, to two, and they've had 16 shots on goal. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know... Um, we have always been an opportunistic team. There's no two ways about it. And we can score goals from out of nowhere uh, and in a flash, right? So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's strange. But uh, let's go back to tonight's game. Uh, individual performances, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler looked like uh, he was going to be hard-pressed to get to the 20-goal mark this year, and he notches four tonight. <laughs> so he's got 17, so he needs three well, more of the last games. Uh, might be a stretch, but I think he should hit 20 this year. <laughs> well, he's going to he's gonna get nine goals and get get uh, parked on 26 goals for, I think, the third or fourth straight years. So so that's that's in the cards for him, for sure. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts... Um, I noticed I noticed a couple times during the game when they had the lead, and I, and this just baffled me. And I could not figure this out. We were even strength, and we were collapsing down low. We were backing off the play. I'm going like, and I guess a lot of teams they don't mind giving up those shots from the outside or let the teams um, let the you know let the opposition go around the perimeter. But it sure doesn't look very appealing, and it. It looks like you're being hemmed in. Sometimes not a lot happens, and uh, sometimes um, you know, sometimes the shots maybe aren't uh, high quality. But I, I'm always afraid of that because, I mean, the goalie doesn't always see the shot if there's, there's traffic in that. And when you're just let, you're letting teams like giving away shots, these guys nowadays they all shoot so well. Um, I'm afraid of a shot from anywhere on the ice. Did you notice it? Or was it just me? 
Well, no, it's something that I I was complaining about as I watched the hockey game was just that they, you know, there's no penalty, there's nothing going on, and they're just taking a very passive uh, passive approach to defending in their zone, and and it's it's I I don't know if it's because of the pen, the way they. There's got to be something going on with them that their penny to kill and the way they defend in five on five in their own zone looks so similar. So, you know, is this is this an execution issue where the players are unsure, or or is this the way they they're being asked to play? I don't know. And and I know you and I spoke about it this afternoon a little bit before, when we were talking about getting together for this pod. And you know, it's it. it it's a tough one. It's it's a hard one to understand. And after watching another game of that stuff, you know, I'm scratching my head, trying to figure out, you know, what is the plan in that regard? Because it's not very good, you know. And and shots can, you know, we give up a lot of screenshots, and and you know, we're playing this sort of collapse, as you say, this collapse. That's not good. That's not good enough, right? Like that's just simply not good enough. I and, want. Uh, it's going to come back to bite us even even bigger if we can't get a little more aggression into our game. Do you think this may be a product of um, trying to protect a little bit because they know that they're weak on the back end and uh, the forwards think they're helping by collapsing down low and maybe supporting the demon, but they're actually doing a disservice? Like I always think that you know you know how uh, the old rule of thumb used to be on a two-on-one, and even the goalies, you can even hear the yell, I got the shooter, I got the shooter. So the defenseman drifts over to take away the pass, but basically what he's doing is giving up a, you know, a blatant one-on-one goaltender on shooter. I would always figure, I would prefer to force the guy to make the pass, because two things have to happen. you got to make a good pass, and the other guy has to be in a position to receive the pass and do it quickly. Um, that's me. We give up. I like pressure, right? Yeah, it's the right play. The goalie's got to take that, but you can't give away the lane either, right? Like the defenseman's got to still hold some position um, to, you know, to to take away the pass, but also to keep the the shooter honest uh, a little bit. And and we certainly peel off too soon. You know, there's no two ways about it. And but that's also a byproduct of. You know, support. We like we just don't seem to support each other. You know, as well as we could, or as well as we've had in in the past. And and uh, you know, it's it's certainly the whole D zone is a problem for me. That and I get that they're playing. You know, playing a little passive or trying to protect against the. You know the, the the guys that are just coming in and filling filling holes and but I mean they still got veteran players there they still got players that should know enough about playing defense that and and positioning that that shouldn't be a problem yeah. and when a guy like Nathan Bolu comes in and 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 is playing as simple as he is and uh, and frankly is you know is quickly going up the depth chart you know when some of our our guys come back he's uh you know like how do you not keep that guy playing you well, know he's it's funny you say that because i mean i don't want to be a bandwagoner and, and and base it on a small sample size but 
based on what I've seen for three games, and you can tell me what you think, there's no doubt in my mind he's already bypassed Kulikov and Moore on the depth chart, and he probably slides in at worst as our number six or our third-pairing lefty. Well, exactly. So, you know, and I, I don't say that because I, I want to harp on you know, and be, you know, as you say, you know, evaluate on a small sample size, but it's time to win hockey games for crying out loud. It's time for us to figure out, you know, what kind of style that we're going to play, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and get back to the game that's going to be successful uh, in the playoffs. And, and I don't care who does it, right? Like if, if we're better off with uh, uh, Morrissey dropping down to the second D, D pairing because that was somebody else has stepped up and is going to be better, I don't, you know, to me it's 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 about winning now. Spread the wealth, and yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's about winning. So, you know, uh, moral, thanks, you know, get healthy, be a, be a, a depth guy. Thanks for, you know, thanks for the contribution. Um, Sherrod is Sherrod uh, and, you know, Cooley, he's been struggling, in my opinion, the last few games. I thought he had a rebound game today, but um, if you're not going to, you know, if we're going to be a better team with Nathan Beaulieu in the lineup, then I'm sorry, Kulikov, you're gonna you're gonna sit. So we got to win hockey games. Well, you know what? It's hard to play a perfect game in the NHL, and one of my biggest complaints lately has been some of the work ethic and the compete level. And I think I mentioned to you uh, earlier that our neutral zone play is was abysmal. And today, I thought we were a little bit loosey goosey in our own end, like like you had mentioned. But I thought our neutral zone play was greatly improved. I was very happy with how uh, the guys stepped up, the wingers were coming back. You know, when it works, when they do it properly and everything's timed well, it looks really good and very disrupt disruptive. And uh, I also thought there wasn't, uh, I don't think there was any passengers today. It, just, it looked like everybody was really dialed in. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it, was, it was a good team win. It sure was. It's a nice way to get the mojo going going into what's going to be a horrific road trip. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. got Tampa Bay Tuesday, right? That's a toughie. Friday night, Carolina, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They're going to be a handful. And then, you know, just uh, to put the cherry on top of the uh, the Sunday, we go into uh, Washington and play the Stanley Cup champs next Sunday. So, uh, uh, it's a big week. Uh, now that we got the one win on the board, I'd like to see, uh, you know, Few more, uh, you know, three or three or four points more, but uh, gotta come out. If you can come out of this stretch two and two, I think I'd probably take that. Although I'd, I'd actually want more. And uh, by the way, Daryl Nashville won in the shootout. Scored, well, scored a late goal with under two minutes left and win in the shootout. So once again, we're a point. We still got three games in hand. We just <laughs> it's funny, huh? Like, well, the, the Nashville does what Nashville does, and you know they're a team that never quits, generally speaking, and they're never out of a hockey game, that's for sure. But they found a way to get a, get the game to overtime, and uh, and then they won it in a shootout, which we could uh, stand to l- learn some of that uh, with our with our play. And you know, as you pointed out to about the Minnesota game at the be- beginning of the week, yeah. Uh, yeah. we could have used the point there, but. It's uh, the next three games are, are going to be tough, and uh, we do need to continue to get our game in shape. And yes, Morrissey and, and Buff uh, are not uh, going to be here for 
for some time. You know, Buff's probably a couple of weeks away yet, and of course uh, Morrissey not until April. Hey, next man up, we got to get her done, and uh, that's really what it comes down to. What did you think of the uh, Adam Lowry suspension? Uh, you know, I looked at at the. It's careless use of the stick for sure. I don't think he intended to hit the guy in the head, uh, but he did, and you know that's what it comes down to, right? Like um, he swung his stick, hit him in the head. Yeah. But when you compare that to some of the other things that go on in the league, um, I, I'm of the opinion of uh, the same opinion of, as Paul Maurice. You know, there's no rhyme or reason, no consistency with what. Uh, you know, you know how games get officiated and or how uh, suspensions get doled out. Um, you know, two games I think is uh, pretty severe for. You know, again, in relation to what we've seen elsewhere, I think it's a heavy penalty. Hey, you know, just a question. I like, just off the top of my head, I, I can't. I'm racking my brain here. Is uh, is Adam Lowry a repeat offender by chance? Well, four years ago, he got, I think it was for a charging um, or a hit from behind where he got a, a one-game suspension. Okay. So, you know, is he, well, I guess I guess you would consider him a repeat offender now. Yeah, isn't there like an amnesty, well, not a, I guess amnesty is not the right word, but isn't there a period of time that if you keep your nose clean, your record yeah. kind of gets uh, squashed a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, maybe, I looked at that. I looked at the same thing, man. He was a, it was stupid, careless use of the stick, no respect. Uh, was there any intent there? Only he knows. I doubt if there was. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna get a two-game suspension, get your money's worth. That was pretty chintzy. No, I could have hurt him. And uh, yeah, I, I think it probably should have been one game. But I'm not gonna. You know, and here's the thing. I just want to see it be reciprocated the same way when one of ours guys gets schmucked. I mean, I've seen plays like that, and we don't even. We're lucky sometimes to even get the call. And I've got to go back to the officiating because I still think it's just horrific. It's just so bad. But you know, well, who I, calls? Who you know? Hella Bucks move, moving from side to side. Yeah. On a quick play off to off to his left, and he comes in to try to get up tight against the post, and it is clear as day from every angle that every you know replay that I've seen, there was no intent to purposely slide over to knock the post off, and the fact is, the puck was shot at him when he got there. So I don't get it. Like if if he did that and there was no play or a pass or you know went to a different player, uh, you know, I I would see how the ref might might uh, you know take that perspective. But to me, that was an absolute terrible call. And and you know what? Bad timing, right? End of a period, going into the next period, two-two hockey game. You know, you're kind of setting up the you know. It sure gave Columbus an opportunity, you know, uh, with you know some momentum going in, uh, you know, through the se- end of the second and into the third. They capitalize on that power play, and the game is is totally different. Yeah, completely different. Well, it'd be different. If you saw that call. If like, I don't think I've seen that penalty called in five years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not something. I mean, it happens all the time. Well, ex- exactly, exactly, and no different than the Kulikov uh, instigating penalty. Like, bef- he he confronted the player. There's no two ways about it. But they stood there and looked at each other with their hands on each other for for a couple seconds, and and Felino's looking at him, saying, 
do you really want to do this? <laughs> you know, kind of like, and then they went. And I'm thinking, well, how is that an instigator penalty at that point, right? Like it's, it's anyway, it's it's silly rationale in that whole process. Not to mention the knee on on Shifley. So you know, but you know, you could argue that he was just simply getting out of the way, and uh, you know. Well, luckily he wasn't hurt. Yeah, but I see. Well, exactly. I see what you're saying. Um, but that said, it's it's weird, weird, and you know. We, you certainly don't get the benefit of the doubt uh, as often, as far as I'm I kinda, concerned. I, here's the thing, and, and I kind of half expect that. I always expect that when you're on the road. But I've seen too many games at the, uh, the local barn where uh, we, uh, I mean, we do get some calls sometimes, but it's not like uh, when you're going into the Montreal Forum or whatever and it's the power play advantage advantages are, yeah, are always very, uh, very uh, tilted towards the home side. Uh, I guess and our have, power play needs buff back. Big time. Yeah. So yeah. it looks like Jacob Truba is—he's uh, trying, but he's just—he uh, looks—he looks a little nervous to me out there. I don't know. I'd like to see Niku uh, get a little shot on the well, uh, on the power play. On the second, he would only get second time because the the first the first line power play is all geared towards right hand shots. Yeah, yeah. You need a right hand shot at the top to make that work. So, well, do you? Do you though? I think you do. Yeah, because if you're feeding it back and forth between between Wheeler and the top of the point, and then 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 laying one over to to Line every once in a while, that rotation just gives you gives 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 up too much time and allows the defenders to get into play. So I think I think you need to have a right-handed shot for that sequence, without a doubt. Yeah, I know because I know what Wheeler likes to look at the cross scene pass. The lining, the slot pass to Shifley, and the one timer to Buff for or Truba, so it does make sense. Kyle Connor just sits back there, uh, uh, looking at his golden locks, and uh, really does nothing. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand the power play setup. So that. they need to they need to now replicate that same power play, but on the opposite side, and you could have uh, you could have Hayes. Um, you could have Hayes and uh, Wheeler, or not Wheeler, uh, Hayes, uh, Little, Connor, a left-handed shot, Morrissey or Niku, working the top and feeding uh, Ehlers down on, on the wing uh, on a spot where where Wheeler would normally be, but that becomes your shooting shooting point. Something like what uh, Vancouver does with Patterson. So, well, yeah, but Daryl, remember last year when... Uh when we got Stastny, Stastny went into that same spot as Kyle Connor. Stastny's a left-handed shot, um, and they would do Wheeler would do the pass to uh, Stastny, and Stastny would, would give it the quick bump right up the middle to yeah. uh, to Shite for the one time. But the thing is with Kyle Connor, he constantly always wants to cradle the puck and make a play. It's not the good power plays go bing, bing, bing. You can't you can't overanalyze it and think about it too much, and it's. Uh, that's I'm, I'm was, I was kind of thinking I'm surprised they haven't tried Kevin Hayes where Connor is. I like I would like to prefer to see Connor come off the come off the half wall on a power play because I like his he has a really really good shot. Or or what I'd or even put like to, there. Yeah. Or or I'd, or what I'd like to see is when uh, Wheeler goes down low to Connor there, to Connor just to, to stuff it or pull in front and go do that little high top corner yeah. flip thing he does. Uh, he has well, to they got Connor going to the front of the net instead of the side of the net, and yeah, giving another yeah. option to to yeah. for. See, I like that. You need a good good 
puck handler, right? And that's why it fits so good with Stastny because he could do whatever. He could do the cross cross crease pass to line A. He could do he could bump it out to Wheeler or bump it back out to um, or, or uh, sorry out in front to Shifley yeah. or bump it back out to Wheeler and they would get that going. And he could do that with with you know never having this the puck on his stick longer than than a second because he's got that skill and the ability to make those plays right so that's what i'm thinking maybe and you know you could put hayes there or you could put healers in that spot and and replicate that that uh that movement and if you can you know if you can create more puck uh um speed they're going to be better off we're still too slow although we do it's kind of funny Truba and Wheeler were back and forth there about three or four times. Oh, I know. But then it, it was predictable nonetheless because they were going back and forth, back and forth. One of them's going to shoot it. Oh, here comes Truba. And Truba had a wide open shot at the net. And, you know, what did you what did you accomplish in all of that other than get a, you know, a shot on net uh, to, you know, a goalie that could see the whole thing? Mm-hmm. So they need, to get, they need to create more speed and they need to get something down you know, and it's uh, as we're talking about it. I, I kind of like getting that that Stastny position reactivated uh, um, because if you're not going to move it to Connor, who's in front of the net, and create those chances more often than not, then it's a threat that goes away. So do something different. I can't say I disagree with that. Uh, you just like, like anything else in this league. You just you can't be and you shouldn't be predictable. But, oh, they're uh, so predictable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, then if you're predictable, it just has to be perfect execution. And sometimes that works, too. But uh, let's wrap it up for tonight, Daryl. Uh, pretty happy with the week. Uh, so I, say, I think we might have pissed away a point or two uh, against Mini, but overall, uh, two solid wins and a start to a good start to the road trip. Let's just hope that uh, we're... Uh, like I'm pretty happy right now. i got a pretty big smile on my face with Wheeler scoring four goals and uh, getting that first road win. But let's hope we can be smiling at the same time next uh, next Sunday night after we're finished in Washington. So uh, to uh, all our listeners, you know you know the spiel, right? Um, catch us on, uh, you know, subscribe on iTunes, catch us at Winnipeg Hockey Talk, uh, Anchor FM, Stitcher, whatever. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you probably find us. Uh, Daryl, uh, once again, uh, thanks for joining me on a Sunday night. And just for our listeners, uh, I am officially back in Arizona, um, living the good life, watching curling all day, going to the pool. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's keep our chins up. Uh, go Jets, go! And we'll talk to everybody next uh, Sunday night. Thanks a lot, Daryl. Take care.